Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. We are called to serve Jesus in the privacy of our home. Be a Christian at home. Follow the Lord. Love Him. Make sure that your world at home is a place that is committed to Christ and honoring Him. And when you go out into the world, man, live for the Lord out there. We so desperately need that. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the Gospel of Mark. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on Mark, chapter 1, verses 16 through 20, in a message titled, Fishers of Men. Now, here's Pastor Brian. There's going to be a desire within you for the work of the ministry. And it can become an intense, all-absorbing desire. See, this is what happens quite often. A person, their desires begin to change. And, and for them, sometimes they're even perplexed by it. It's like, wow, what's happening to me? I love this job or, you know, I work so hard to get to this place, but my desires just aren't really here anymore. But then at the same time, they are seeing that, you know, I've just got this desire for God's word. I want to study it more. I've got an insatiable appetite for it. And not only do I want to study it, but I want to talk to other people about it. And, oh, I just, I just want to, man, you know, forget all of this stuff. I just want to be free to serve the Lord. Now, again, we're talking about a person who was previously very much contented in, in what they were doing. But something happens. The desire changes. And this is what God does when he's calling people. He puts a desire in their hearts for these things. And this desire becomes an all-absorbing kind of a desire. And along with that, this is the third point, he gives to that person an understanding of Scripture and the longing to share that with other people. Not everybody has the insights into the Scripture that those who have that specific calling are given. And you know this by experience because you know people who God has that calling and gifting on their life and you find that, you know, you think to yourself, you, you hear them say something and you think, man, I read that same passage. How did I not see that? How did I not get that out of the passage? Well, God's just, he gives understanding. He gives insight to those that he's calling. And as he's opening up his word to those people, he is then also giving them a desire to communicate it. So that's another component there. And then again, kind of connected to that, there is a God-given gift to teach the word. You know, teaching, teaching God's word is a, it's a, it's a gift from God to be able to do it. Not everybody can do it. And as a matter of fact, a person can even be a teacher by profession and find that teaching the Bible is an entirely different thing. Teaching God's word, preaching God's word, God gifts people to do it. And so this is one of the ways that a person knows that there's a calling there because there is a 
gifting there. And so there is a God-given gift to teach the word. And then a couple more things. There will be a love for God and for people. Now, once again, this seems like a no-brainer. Why, why even say that? Of course, you would have to love God. Well, you know what? Not everybody gets that. There's, there's something about ministry. There's, there's certain attractive aspects to it. Some people are attracted to it, and God isn't even in their thinking. Do you know there are people today who are in ministry, who are in high places in church leadership, who are atheists? Church leadership, I said who are atheists in certain denominations, in certain groups. They love the position. They love the power. They love the administration. They love the academics. They love all of that. They don't even know God. So it's, it's possible to aspire toward ministry, but not really even have any personal affection for God or for people. But both of those things are absolutely essential. Because this, of course, is the work of God. A person must love God. And because God loves people, a person who's called to ministry is going to have a love for people. Now, there's kind of a standing joke among pastors. You know, sometimes pastors will say, man, the ministry would be the greatest job in the world if it weren't for the people. (laughs) I have never said that. But, you know, I mean, sometimes people can be challenging, right? Sometimes things can be hard. And, and you know, because there's a, there's a camaraderie, there's, you know, this thing. You kind of live in a world of, of books and, you know, all of this stuff. And there's, there's, so there's something about that that can be really attractive. And you can be drawn to all of that but have no interest in people. And for that person... You know, you might be called to something, but it's not to what we're talking about here today. Because there's going to be a love for God. And because God loves people, there's going to be a love for people. And and that's going to be there. You're going to care about people. And you're going to want to see God's best in their life. And so the that's fifth. Number six, there's going to be the affirmation of the church. The affirmation of the church is simply this. Other people are going to recognize that there's a calling upon your life. Now, when a person's gifted to teach, you know, one of the ways that, that they can know that is because people learn from them and people follow them. You know, somebody said it kind of in a funny way. He that thinks that he leads and no one follows merely takes a walk. And, you know, you know, there are people that want, want to be leaders, but nobody wants to follow. So, and, but they, they even see themselves, well, I'm a leader, but wait, there's, nobody's following you. And, and so likewise, you know, and I'm a teacher, God's gifted me to teach God's word. Well, is there anybody listening to what you're saying? Is there anybody learning? Is there anybody that's saying, man, I want to hear what that person has to say because God speaks to me through that. That's going to happen. So there's going to be an affirmation that comes from the church. Now, it's not necessarily going to be universal. It's not like everybody's going to go, whoa, wow, I see it. Yeah, man, that guy's called. Some people might say, no, I don't think so. But, but there are those that are going to, they're going to affirm the calling. When, when Saul of Tarsus was converted and called into ministry and into apostleship, remember Barnabas was the one who affirmed that. They were afraid of, of Saul. 
they doubted that his conversion was genuine and they were very standoffish when it came to him. But Barnabas said, no, no, no. I've been with him. I have seen him in ministry. I'm gonna vouch for him. So, so there was affirmation from the church that came to him there. And, and again, that, that will happen. And you know, again, sometimes people will mistakenly think, well, God's called me to this and that. But you know, everybody that knows them and observes, it's like, yeah, you know, I, I don't really see it. I don't think so. But like I said, it's, it's not universal. Sometimes you know, people can miss it. There, there's a, a great preacher back in the first half of the 20th century. G. Campbell Morgan was his name. And Campbell Morgan was aspiring to the ministry and he went for ordination before the Baptist or before the Methodist. And he was, he was turned down and they basically told him, we don't see a calling on your life. We think you ought to just go, you know, do something else. And he wrote a letter to his father about his experience. And the letter just had one word in it and it was rejected. He sent a letter to his father. His father knew he was going to go before the ordination board, and he just wrote the one word, rejected. His father wrote back and said, rejected on earth, approved in heaven. Well, Campbell Morgan went on to become one of the great preachers of the 20th century, and so, I mean, sometimes people get it wrong. <laughs> so, so we don't go entirely with, well, we've got to be affirmed by everyone, but th there are going to be those voices that would say, I, I sense the, the call of God. And then the final thing here, remember we're looking at things that will indicate to us that there is that calling. The final thing is opportunity. So if God's calling us to this, he will then give us an opportunity. He will create an opportunity. He will open a door. So when I look at this list that I just shared with you, I look at this and I think to myself, yeah, I know every one of these things by experience. This is what happened to me when I was a young guy. And so all of those things were there, but then the opportunity. What, what about the opportunity? How do I actually move into it? And this is where you can be confident that since God is the one who's calling like he did to these guys, that he's going to make it happen. Remember, Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So... The opportunity, the Lord will bring about an opportunity and then he will say, follow me. Take a step, come into this opportunity. So I remember my own experience. I was a disciple. I had come to faith in Jesus and I was following the Lord and I you know, was wanting to grow and serve him. And, and I was here at the church and I was doing the little things that I could do to help out. Sometimes I was setting up and tearing down the chairs in the fellowship hall for a meeting. Sometimes I was praying with folks after the service. Sometimes I just sitting around for maybe an hour with my Bible open, talking to people about, you know, what was going on in their life. So, you know, I, I was doing these kinds of things, but I was in the terminology we're using. I was fishing for fish. I was, I had a job. I was out doing construction. And, and then at, at this particular point, I was working in a surf shop. And one day, I got a call at work from Cheryl, and she said, my dad wants you to call him. So I called over here to the church from the surf shop I was working at, and Pastor Chuck said, hey, I want you to come and join me on the staff here at the church. I want you to work here. And 
I was like, well, what am I going to do? And he said, well, you know, we're going to do like ministry stuff. And I said, well, I don't know how to do that. And he said, well, but you, do, you have a desire, right? And of course, you know, Chuck knew me, so he knew that I had that desire. And he said, well, you have a desire, and I want to give you an opportunity to be trained, and, you know, let's see what the Lord will do. And so there it was. There was my opportunity. And so I had to step through that door. I didn't feel super confident at, at that time, like, you know, oh, absolutely, this is, of course I can do this. But I did feel like this was the, the opportunity that, that God had brought based upon all the other things that were stirring in my heart and happening over the, past, you know, the year prior to that. And so I took that step. And so for me, uh, that's when I transitioned from fishing for fish uh, to, to fishing for men. And again, you know, God does those kinds of things still today. He's still calling people today out of the, you know, just the broader world of being a follower of Jesus and a disciple into the more specific calling of the ministry of the word. And so this is what I want to kind of finish things up with here today. First of all, remember every apostle. And again, let me remind you, I'm using this in a larger sense of, you know, people called to specifically minister the word. Every apostle is a disciple, but not every disciple is an apostle. So we've already said that, but just let that sink in. Not every, not every disciple is called to be an apostle. So we are all disciples of Christ, and it is so vitally important to the life and health of the church that we live out our faith in Jesus day to day in the privacy of our homes and in the public square. Like I said, you know, and I'm, and I'm saying this again because of this. Sometimes we can easily think like, uh, you know, you can think, well, I'm just a Christian. I'm here at church. You know, Pastor Brian, he's up there. Man, he's really serving God. Look what he's doing. Look at all the stuff he's doing. What am I doing? Well, I'm doing what I'm called to do. That's what I'm doing. And you just do what you're called to do. And you got a family? Love your family. Live for Jesus right in your home. You know how desperately we need that today? We need people to live for Jesus right under their own roof because guess what? A lot of people are saying that they're followers of Jesus, but they don't live for Jesus under their own roof. And their kids see that and they say, my parents are hypocrites. I don't want to have anything to do with Christianity. And they're out the door. Oh, we don't want that happening. No, we got to be living for Jesus in the privacy of our own home and out in the public square. And, and, you know, when we go out those doors and when you go off to work and when you're out in the community, you see, this is where the, the witness is, is going to really be impactful. Isn't it true that we, we've heard this, you know, I've heard this for many, many years, but, but we hear it so much today. All Christians are hypocrites. You know, the church is so full of hypocrisy. And let's be honest. I mean, if you look at the news, there's some stuff out there that tells you that yep, there's a lot of truth to that. But don't let that be the case with you. 
We are called to serve Jesus in the privacy of our home. Be a Christian at home. Follow the Lord. Love him. Make sure that your world at home is a place that is committed to Christ and honoring him. And and when you go out into the world, out into the workforce, out into the community, man, live for the Lord out there. We so desperately need that. And that's where the vast majority of Christians are going to spend their whole life. And it's a great, great thing. Because God's using you out there. You're, You're the light out there that's shining that gets people to think, man, those Christians are different. That person's loving. That person's kind. That person's forgiving. I've not seen that in my world. And they see that and they think, I want to know some more about Jesus. And, you know, whether you invite them and you bring them or they just are, you know, driving by and they see the sign, oh, there's a church. I'm going to go in there and see what's happening. And, And then they can come and hear somebody like me who, that's my gift. And, you know, God connects all of those dots. But we're all doing this together. But there are some, and I understand it's a minority, but there are some who are being called like these men were to lay aside your nets, so to speak, and to give yourself to the ministry of the word. And, and I think that there's some even hearing my voice today, whether you're sitting in this room or you're hearing me on the radio or you're watching this on a screen, God's speaking to you. And as you look at those seven things that we walked through, you're thinking, yeah, that's my experience. That's my experience. That's my experience. That's my experience. So that, that God's speaking to you. So now what do you do? Well, look for the opportunity that God's going to bring. And when he brings the opportunity, step through the door and listen, that step you're going to take is probably the first step of many that will lead you eventually into that place. I have known so many people where, you know, and, and I could even say this about my, my own experience. I knew when I spoke to Pastor Chuck that day on the phone, I knew that God was, oh, this was the door. This was the opportunity. And, and I, I stepped through it. And it was one of many steps. I didn't know ultimately where the steps were going to lead I knew they were leading me away from fishing for fish, away from, you know, what I had been doing. I knew God was leading me away from that and into, you know, ministry of the word. But I didn't know, of course, I didn't know, you know, what that would would fully mean. I think of the first time I ever came to this church back in 1976. If anybody would have told me back then that I would one day be the pastor of this church, I would have thought they were utterly out of their minds. <laughs> there is not any way in the world that you could have convinced me in 1976 that that was going to take place. But in 1980, when I got that call from Chuck and I took that step I still never saw that, but I did know at that point, God was calling me to do something like this. I I didn't know what it would involve, but my whole point is this. God's going to open up an opportunity. It won't be what it, initially, it won't be what it will become, but it's the step toward that thing 
that God has. And so you've got to take that step. But you know, I, I, I want to say this too before, before I finish. And I want to kind of include this. You know, going back to, you know, just the way God calls people out of things. And I was thinking in between services, they didn't say this first service, but I got, I got to thinking about Pastor John Henry. And I mean, I don't know how many of you know John's story. You know, some of you know he's Irish, some of you don't, because it's, Irish accent's kind of gone, really, isn't it? I mean, he's, he's kind of lost it. But, uh. but John is from Ireland. But what you, and, and I want to say this because, you know, there, you never know when this is going to happen. You know, you might assume, now I was, in my, I was in my early 20s when all of this stuff I'm talking to you about happened for me. Uh, I was 22, 23. And some people might think, well, you know, hey, I'm, I'm older than that. That's not going to happen for me this day. So, so John was in his early 30s. And John was a, an extremely successful businessman in Ireland and in England. And he was a well-known hairdresser and uh, had a number of prominent salons throughout the country and you know, worked directly with Videl Sassoon in London and, you know, him and his wife, Hillary. And, you know, th- th- this was their world. And they weren't saved. And through various circumstances, John could tell you the details, but through various circumstances, they, you know, everything kind of imploded. And that brought them to faith in Christ. And, and there they were kind of, you know, John, John told me that, uh, you know, he had a number of cars, you know, Mercedes Benz and all of this. And he said, um, you know, never forget after he lost everything, he was actually reduced to riding a bicycle. And he said he was riding down one of the roads there in his town. And one guy just looked at him and said, oh, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> reduced to riding a bike. But, you know, yeah, they, they were reduced to that on one level, but God began to do a work. And through a process of events, John got connected. Some lady had this storehouse of Pastor Chuck's teaching, and John got connected with those tapes, and he began to listen, and God began to open doors for him in Ireland, and he got involved in ministry and serving in the Presbyterian ministry in both Northern Ireland and in you know, the Irish Republic where he's from. And you know, all of this is going on, but then he's getting really blessed and ministered to by Pastor Chuck. And then you know, one day he meets him and you know, all, of, all of these you know, great moments and so forth. And and we all got connected in Europe and, you know, all of these kinds of things. But then there just came a day when John received a letter from Pastor Chuck. And it was an invitation. I think it's time for you to come to California. And, they, you know, it was the call of God for him to come. He'd been, he was already doing ministry in Ireland. But God was calling him to a new thing. And so he packed up his family and, and they moved to California. And John, they've been here ever since. And, but you know, in his mid-30s at the time that all of that happened. So my point is this. You know, you might be in one world doing all of this stuff and you think, man, this is it. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm always going to be doing. And God might have a plan that's going to, that's all going to go away. 
that's all going to disappear somehow. Or, or just your, your heart is so going to change that you're going to realize, you know, I think God has something else for me. And then a door is going to open. An opportunity is going to come. And that's my final word. Step through it. Because it's the first of many steps that will lead to fishing for men. For the month of June, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled The Gospel by Ray Ortland. With powerful insight and clarity, Ray Ortland presents a grand vision of what the church can be if we embrace the power of the gospel and apply it to our daily experiences and witness for God. The book The Gospel by Ray Ortland is our gift to say thank you for your donation to Back to Basics. So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the Gospel of Mark. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.